Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Ominous Origins Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is still brought to you by the wonderful people over at MorbidlyBeautiful.com. Morbidly Beautiful is your one-stop shop for all things horror pop culture related, from interviews, reviews, top 10 lists, and everything in between. They also have a great library of podcasts, which I highly suggest checking out after this episode, including my newest one called Cheer and Loathing, where Stephanie, the editor-in-chief of Morbidly Beautiful, and I sit down to shoot the shit about movies. Generally, I hate everything, she loves everything, so it's a great little juxtaposition, great little conversations we have going on there, so check that out. Also, a little birdie has taken up residence just beside my window here, so you may hear a bit of chirping throughout this episode. Not much I can really do about it, unless I go aside with a BB gun and shoot that little bastard, but I won't do that because I love birds. I love all animals. But anyway, what's today's episode all about? Well, you may remember last week we talked about lust, and I say last week, I mean last episode because I didn't put one out last week. Last episode was about lust and seven deadly sins. We're going to be continuing that today with gluttony. So buckle up, strap in, and get a snack, because we're going to talk about fat. Ominous. Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. Ominous. Okay, okay. Gluttony doesn't just mean fat. It's basically like an overindulgence of anything. It could be wealthy items like gold or just trinkets, and it could just be food. It could be drink. It could be anything in excess. But we're probably going to be focusing mostly on overconsumption of things that basically make you fat. Some people would see this as a status symbol as the bigger you were, especially way back in the day, the more riches you had, the more food you were able to afford, and the more you were able to shove it down your stupid face. You were seen as rich and powerful if you were big and fat. Kind of the gist of it. Now last week we talked about the demon associated with lust, and that's going to be the same today. Just a short little thing, the demon associated with gluttony is Belphegor. I believe we talked about him in our hierarchy of demonic lordships series that we did just before this one, so I'm not going to go too much into it other than he is the demon associated with gluttony. Now, what does gluttony mean exactly? Well, in Latin, it's derived from gula and glutiar or glutire, and it just means to gulp down or swallow. Essentially, it does mean an overindulgence of food, drink, or wealth items, and it can be seen as a status symbol. At least it used to be. In Christianity, it is considered a sin if the excessive desire for food causes it to be withheld from the needy. Some Christian denominations consider gluttony one of the seven deadly sins, which we will get more into. So yes, hoarding food means you are a bad person, especially if there are other people out there who need it. That is relevant today as it was 100,000 years ago. Not a hundred thousand years ago, but a hundred or a thousand years ago. Maybe even a hundred thousand years ago. I don't know what food was like a hundred thousand years ago. But regardless, if you are hoarding and other people are starving, you're a dick and you're going to hell for it. It is mentioned a little bit in some different religions as well. It's mentioned in Judaism, where Rambam, for example, prohibits excessive eating and drinking. The 
Shofet's Kayim prohibits gluttony on the basis of Leviticus 19.26. Catholicism also mentions it, where church leaders from the ascetic Middle Ages took more of an expansive view of gluttony, and Sir Gregory the Great also mentions it once or twice. Pope Gregory I, a doctor of the church, described the following ways by which one can commit the sin of gluttony and corresponding biblical examples for each of them. Eating before the time of meals in order to satisfy the palate. Biblical example is Jonathan eating a little honey when his father Saul commanded no food be taken before the evening. The second thing is seeking delicacies and better quality of food to gratify the vile sense of taste. Isn't that so Catholic? To call something so natural such as tasting and eating vile? It just doesn't make sense why they think everything is vile. Natural thinks sex is vile, pooping is vile, eating is vile. But the biblical example of this is when Israelites escaping from Egypt complained, quote, who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons, and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. God rained down fowls for them to eat, but punished them 500 years later. Number three is seeking to stimulate the palate with overly or elaborately prepared foods, such as luxurious sauces and seasonings. The biblical example of this is the two sons of Eli, the high priest, made the sacrificial meat to be cooked in one manner rather than another. They were met with death. That seems very, very harsh, but hey, I'm not from biblical times, so putting some salt on some steak... I guess it's a big no-no? I don't know. Having flavor? Heaven forbid. Literally, I guess in this sense. Number four is exceeding the necessary quantity of food. And the example here is one of the sins of Sodom was fullness of bread. I can imagine other things as well. But hey, what do I know, right? I just read what's given to me here. Number five is eating food with too much eagerness even when eating the proper amounts and even if the food is not luxurious. The example here is Esau selling his birthright for ordinary food of bread and pottage of lentils. His punishment was that of the profane person, quote, who for a morsel of meat sold his birthright. We learn that, quote, he found no place for repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Now I don't know what it means by he sold his birthright, for ordinary food. I'm sorry, I can't elaborate on that one because I don't fully know what it means. Maybe he had a house or something that he was inheriting or did inherit and he just gave it away for some food. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Apparently the fifth way is worse than all the others, said Gregory, because it shows attachment to pleasure most clearly. To recapitulate, St. Gregory the Great said that one may succumb to the sin of gluttony by one time, two quality three stimulants, four quantity, and five eagerness. He asserts that the irregular desire is the sin, not the food. For it is not the food, but the desire that is in fault. That's a direct quote from St. Gregory the Great. Now we get to our good buddy St. Thomas Aquinas. He touched on lust quite a bit, and he does so the same here with gluttony. He reiterates the list of five ways to commit gluttony. Lout, eating food that is too luxurious or costly. Studios, 
eating food that is excessive in quality, too nice or elaborately prepared. Nemis, eating food that is in excessive amounts or quantity. Prepopri, eating hastily, too soon or at an inappropriate time. And Ardenter, eating greedily or too eagerly. St. Aquinas concludes that, quote, gluttony denotes an inordinate concupiscence in eating. The first three ways are related to the food itself, while the last two are related to the manner of eating. He says that abstinence from food and drink overcome the sin of gluttony, and that the act of abstinence is fasting. In general, fasting is used to restrain desires of the flesh as well. I guess if you're too hungry to fuck, you're not gonna fuck. Basically it. There's another one, another person that touched on gluttony as well, and that is Saint Alphonsus Liguri. And he wrote the following about gluttony, quote, Pope Innocent XI was condemned for the proposition which asserts that it is not a sin to eat or drink from the sole motive of satisfying the palate. However, it is not a fault to feel pleasure in eating, for it is, generally speaking, impossible to eat without experiencing the delight which food naturally provides. But it is a defect to eat like beasts through the sole motive of sensual gratification and without any reasonable object. Hence, the most delicious meats may be eaten without sin, if the motive be good and worthy of a rationale creature, and in taking the corset food through attachment to pleasure, there may be a fault. Goddamn these forward-thinking popes and they're saying food is okay to eat without sin. God, I can't believe that guy. Pope Innocent, you... Hmm. Anyway, Islam also touches on gluttony a little bit as an interpretation of the meaning of a part of the Quranic verse as follows. To eat and drink, but waste not by extravagance. Certainly he, Allah, likes not al-Musrafun, the Sunnah, encourages moderate eating and strongly criticizes extravagance. The prophet said, the son of Adam does not fill any vessel worse than his stomach. It is sufficient for the son of Adam to eat a few mouthfuls to keep him going. If he must do that, fill his stomach, then let him fill one third with food, one third with drink, and one third with air. <sighs> How is anybody supposed to be more than like 100 pounds back in biblical days? Just doesn't make any sense. But hey, the whole premise of religion is if it feels good, don't fucking do it. Whatever you do, don't do it. If it makes you feel nice, if you get a warm fuzzy out of it, stop it. Stop it. Bad. Bad. Anyway, in the Bible, the King James Version anyway, it's mentioned approximately five times. A little bit more, a little bit less, depending on your interpretation of it. In Deuteronomy 21.20, it says, And they shall say unto the elders of the city, this, our son, is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He's a glutton and a drunkard. Proverbs 23, 20, 21. Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. Proverbs 23, 2. When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what he is before thee, and put a knife to thy throat, if thou be a man given to appetite. Yikes. Proverbs 25.16 Hast thou found honey? 
eat so much as is sufficient for thee, lest thou be filled therewith and vomit it. Luke 7.33.35 and parallel account with Matthew 11.18.19 Quote, For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drink wine, and ye say he hath a devil. The son of a man is come, eating and drinking, and ye say, Behold a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber, a friend for the publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified for all her children. Now, religion isn't the only thing to mention gluttony. In the arts, we're talking oldie-time arts, like Greek, ancient Greek-type arts. It's mentioned in a famous Greek poem that, quote, All that I have given to my stomach has disappeared, and I have retained all the fodder that I give to my spirit. And another popular quote is, Eat to live, not live to eat. And that's commonly attributed to Socrates. Now, I get the whole gluttony being a sin way back, prehistory, or just at the start of history, because food was scarce. It's not like it is today in at least developed nations like North America and most of Europe and Asia and some of the places, some of the big places that have a lot of food. We're all guilty of gluttony because there are starving nations out there. There are plenty of people who have nothing. Even in the developed world, there are people who have zero food. But most of us listening to this can go into our pantry or our fridge or just look at our phone and pull up some Uber to give us some food. It's everywhere. It's all around us. But way back in the day, hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, food was scarce. And if you had more than another man, well, then you were just a plain dick. It makes sense that in that time, it was bad. And I also get why lust was bad way back in the day. Diseases, unwanted population growth. There's a whole lot of reasons why these old-timey things were sins, especially in the oldie times. But today, well, we live in an age of excess. If you're lucky enough to be born in certain parts of the world. So enjoy it, is what I have to say. Celebrate that you weren't born in a terrible spot or terrible conditions. It's nothing to be ashamed of. You can still go to your way, you can still help other people who are less fortunate, but don't feel guilty because you were born a certain way. That's all I have to say. That might be controversial. I don't know. But anyway, my name is Casey, and this has been the Ominous Origins Podcast. If you like what you heard, please feel free to leave a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Any five-star reviews will be read out on the show, so it's a great way to get a shout-out if that's what you're looking for. You can also follow along on Twitter at HorrorShotsProd is in production, or on Instagram at OminousOriginsPod, or on Facebook at HorrorShots. Until... Next time.